What up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 11, a regular podcast, YouTube video, web series thing. As usual, we've got Corbett Games joining us tonight. Corbett, how are you doing tonight, friend? Hey, what's up, me up? I'm doing really well. Um, just got back in a while. Heard some great news about the format, which mm. we're going to jump into. Yeah. So we're looking forward to talking everything over. <laughs> uh, and so you guys know the drill by now. Uh, we're going to be doing three things during today's episode. Uh, so first of all, we're going to be talking about the state of the wild metagame. So what's dominating, how to beat it, and decks that might be flying underneath the radar. Uh, second off, we're going to be talking about any wild news, controversial topics, or maybe the lack thereof. And last but not least, we'll be talking about our decks of the week. And so just uh, just a moment before we get started, uh, a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy content like this. All right, let's get into it. So State of the Wild meta, dude, we're going to have a brand new meta. Uh, so we've got nerfs announced on Thursday. And before we go any further, I just want to say you guys are welcome. We are now two for two mm -hmm. on nerf callouts on this, uh, <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, so hi, dev team. How are you? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're getting three nerfs, and two of them are relevant for Wild. So we're going to talk about Dark Glare and Secret Passage. Uh, so Dark Glare is going from a 3-mana three 3-4. Three, Whenever you take damage, refresh 2-mana crystals to a 2-mana two 2-3, two, refresh 1-mana crystal. Um, and we'll talk about the impact on the deck, but this kind of essentially kills the current iteration of current Dark Glare Warlock. So, yay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Secret Passage, going from seeing five cards from your deck to seeing four. And that one's a little bit more nuanced, and so we'll dive on to that, mm -hmm. into that a little bit later. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, if you guys haven't seen the thread from Alec, who works on the design team now, Alec Dawson, uh, he gave some pretty great insight, I think, into the reasoning uh, behind these nerfs. And so... Secret Passage uh, was both for Wild and Standard. Uh, it's just one of the best cards in Rogue in general <laughs> across both formats. And so going to four, they, he says, takes some of the raw power, uh, but still gives you the solid draw option for aggressive decks, which is kind of like its whole sole purpose. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's good. Uh, they said the question, it was a question of when, not if they nerfed the card. So I'm glad it happened now. And then Dark Lair. <laughs> so this is, uh, they acknowledge this is basically a Wild nerf. Right, this change was mainly done for wild. Uh, Dark Lair was fairly rampant and creates early board states that make for a lot of non-games, uh, which is kind of the big complaint about the deck. Uh, and then the change from two, three, to, and one mana being refreshed is aimed to retain some of its identity in a smaller form. So I know you wanted to say a little something about kind of the nerf philosophy now for wild from the dev team that we've seen in the past year or so. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like. Uh, people have like different opinions on wild nerfs, but Blizzard has generally made their uh, their feelings kind of clear. I think where they're identifying decks that have really, really insane early board game swings um, and have really kind of extreme power levels. So previously, Ixar had a whole bunch of tweets where he was talking about things like Mech Paladin um, when that first popped up, and then Darkest Hour, <laughs> um, Naga, Sniplock, and now you know Darkler. Um, is another example where it just has this really absurd power swing early and they kind of just want to limit that um, if they are going to touch the format. So yeah, Alec is definitely a great place to uh, to, to go if there's any nerfs at all. Um, when the nerfs were announced, I messaged me out and I was like, um, I, I didn't know whether it was like a standard nerf, whether it was like a play experience issue there or whether it was actually targeted yeah. at Wild. And then Alec later confirmed that, yep, this is for Wild. This is exactly uh, the reason why it got hit. So yeah, definitely a great uh, place to check out there. But um, yeah, it's been really interesting getting all that kind of insight on why exactly they made those kind of changes and very happy that they are 
making those kind of changes when they feel necessary in wild yeah i i mean super excited this is i think going to shake up the meta and we'll talk about how we foresee the yeah. meta game playing out uh, a little bit later but i'm really excited about just so like dark glare when it first burst onto the scene i kind of wanted to wait and see like is this actually op or like they're hit like counters that are gonna arise no it, it was op okay and so i'm glad it got hit i'm very happy with it um and i think that there's a big point that in general i think the balance team has gotten a lot better at nerfing cards in ways that still keep them playable Right? Mm -hmm. I think at a three mana three four refresh one, Dark Glare is pretty unplayable. Um, but with it being down to two mana, I think there's some still interesting play patterns available to Dark Glare Warlock, right? Um, I think it goes two directions. I think there's like a Zooey Dark Glare deck now that's it's just it's Zoolock with a self damage theme. Uh, and I've also seen people theory crafting it in stuff like Evenlock, right, with a one mana hero power, so it's basically a free tap. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I'm really happy with both of these changes. I'm assuming you are too. Yeah, so th this no philosophy that they've had where they're keeping cards very playable and stuff, this has been going on for a very long time. Um, there's kind of like an old meme where like Blizzard nerfs stuff to the point of unplayability, which really happened with things like Warsong. Um, but that just hasn't been true for a long time. And so generally speaking, ever since like the Bone Mare Raza uh, era, they've almost always kept cards that have nerfed very playable and made you actually think about whether you want to include it or made it like a borderline include. Um, and I feel like Dark Lair is just like another straight up example of that. And hey, Secret Pass is an example of that. Cabal is another example of that. Where the cards are still on the fringe of playable or even are still strong, um, yeah. but they're not this like as powerful, they're not complete um, like insane difference makers uh, the way that they were originally printed and stuff. So they're, they're, inter they're like interesting questions and interesting deck building choices and stuff. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how, uh, you know, I, I'm interested in seeing whether Dark Lair is playable or not, like as a card, as a package, whether it's in um, a similar list to what's seeing play now, which I think is not that likely. But I think the Dark Lair as a card could definitely see play um, in something like Discard Warlock moving forward. A lot of people experimented with Dark Lair before the expansion in Discard Warlock, and it wasn't that great. But with things like Raise Dead coming in, um, there might be some real reason to go back to that package and a real revival of Discard Warlock with the the kind of vacuum that's created in the meta. Yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> um, and before we kind of dive on into that a little bit further, uh, so for those of you guys that might not know, Corbett and I both work with the uh, the team at Vicious Syndicate to help produce the Wild Meta Reports. And so there was a report coming soon, but unfortunately, with these nerfs being announced, uh, we're kind of scrapping that wild report, which kind of sucks. Mm. But uh, I just wanted to pass along a few of the insights that their like analysis team had from their data set. Uh, that basically Reno Priest and Dark Lair were above and beyond pretty much everything else in the format, which is kind of what we felt like. Uh, but Dark Lair was close to a tier zero deck by their metrics, right? Um, it was a very, very strong deck with about a 56% win rate, I believe, uh, with its only unfavorables being Priest and Oddware. Um, and so I'll eat my words a little bit. I thought, I, I, I agreed. I thought Priest and Dark Lair were the two best decks, but I was still kind of on this train of Reno Priest being the best. But, uh, but yeah, Dark Lair and Priest, um, pretty meta warping and Dark Lair, as we know it as a combo deck, is kind of gone. And so it'll be interesting to see how the, the metagame kind of shapes up afterwards. Um, Dark Lair being the tier zero was something that I was definitely feeling over the past, uh, you know, week or two. Um, I did feel that there was like a significant gap between that and Raza Priest. So to hear that those kind of words from um, from the Vicious Syndicate guys, uh, like after the nerfs were announced, <laughs> really just uh, was 
sort of um, like, I don't know, just uh, exactly, it's kind of what I was expecting. And it's nice to get that kind of uh, affirmation, I suppose. But yeah, it was very interesting and very bummed out that we don't get the Vicious Syndicate report. We keep on just missing these. This has happened a couple of times where we've been like a week out and then the nerves happen and we get set back another month. But, you know, hopefully we get one at some point. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about decks in specific. We've kind of touched a lot on Dark Lair uh, and how the, I call it a combo deck now. The, the combo deck as we know it with Dark Lair is kind of dead. And so we've touched on it a little bit. We've talked about the potential of it being an even lock or just a regular zoo list, right? Transforming this combo list into kind of a zooey list uh, or just being kind of included with Flesh Giants and maybe Raised Dead in a discard package. Because uh, discard Warlock before Skull of Man's Academy was actually pretty damn good it was very good mm-hmm. and so uh maybe that package fits in that deck with like canrathed and now your flame imps and cobalt librarians are kind of even more bonkers uh than they already were in discard warlock which is kind of insane um but i think more interestingly is this change to secret passage uh because it was kind of a more general overall power level nerf and so you guys will see this on the screen but we're going to talk about the two main decks that i was seeing play in kingsbane and odd rogue uh, so you kind of want to talk about Kingsbane uh, and the power level of Secret Passage in that deck because I think a lot of people underestimate actually how broken this card was in that deck. Uh, yeah, so this list of Kingsbane, which is actually my Kingsbane list <laughs> from very early expansion, yeah. um, it has like a really, really big sample of games that got net decked pretty heavily. And so we have like a really, really good picture of just how busted Passage was. And the answer was really busted. Like it was very, very clearly the best card in the deck. Not an argument. Like it, it was, it was a complete like difference um, between that and the second and third and so on best cards. Um, but what really stands out here is this is kind of very reminiscent to me of nerf to things like anchor or a nerf to things like uh, uh, call to arms, where you've got a card that is just so insanely powerful that even after it gets hit, I think it'll still be very good um, in yep. the decks where it fits best. So I think that like, just in the same way that Ankar was still one of the very top performing cards in the same way we call, uh, call the ones in Paladin decks. Um, I think Passage in Kingsbane is still going to be one of the absolute best cards in the deck. Um, it'll just be a little bit more in line with everything else. And yeah, it'll still be a really important piece, uh, for the deck moving forward in Odd Rogue. It's a little bit of a different story. Um, Odd Rogue, we have a much smaller sample of games, so we can't really be too precise, but you know, just from playing it. This seems about in line where Passage seems like a good card, but not one of the absolute best cards on the list. Um, and so it'll probably still play it, I think, but it's not the ultimate difference maker, even if it's uh, even if it's like not as good. I think I think it'll still see play and it'll still be fine. And both these rogue decks will still be good moving forward. Yeah, I I foresee both of these lists still playing the same thirty cards, like yeah, pre buff, post buff, or post nerf. Um, okay, so we've talked about these three decks. Uh, so let's, let's kind of take a step back and look big picture uh, and look at the, the metagame, right? So this is basically impossible to do, but we're going to try to do it anyways um, and, and kind of predict how we see the metagame shaping up post-nerfs, right? Um, I've seen a lot of people's reactions in Twitch chat and in Discords and on Reddit be like, all right, well, we're going back to Quest Mage, Reno Priest, and Aggro, you know, coin flip meta again. Woo! Um, but... I don't know if that's actually true. I feel like Quest Mage has gotten a lot of tools and it's had a little bit of refinement in its deck list. Um, that, you know, maybe Quest Mage, like, it's not as dominant over Arena Priest as it used to be, right? 
And so I feel like ultimately it's going to end up being like Reno Priest, uh, a little bit of Quest Mage, and then a bunch of decks with some really janky techs to try to beat Reno Priest, right? Stuff like Finley and Grizzle Wizard. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on how the metagame is going to play out? It's so hard to predict. Like yeah. whether a deck, um, a deck like Quest Mage is so feast and famine yeah. where it, <laughs> it's so dependent on what else is being played that makes it really difficult to predict so if the meta is incredibly flooded with arena priest which it might be you know we don't know um if it's like a, a, a really significant like 30 40 percent of the meta quest may be good like it it has a favorable matchup there it'll be good if arena priest is still like of the top deck but it isn't that popular for whatever reason um Quest Mage probably won't be that good, you know? Like, it, it's so... Because it does die so hard to these, like, aggressive archetypes that are just entirely dependent. When a deck is this polarizing, um, when all decks like Quest Mage are this polarizing, then it just depends on exactly, like, how frequent are the counters, how frequent are the things that you're feasting on. Um, and so do I think do I think Quest Mage is going to be, like, really good um, once the expansion... Once the uh, nerfs go live? Um, probably not. No, I don't think Quest Mage would be that insane. I think that it still has the same weaknesses and same issues that it has really had since it got nerfed. Um, and I think that it'll be very popular, particularly once the exp like, once the nerfs go live. Um, and the reason I think it'll be so popular is because everyone thinks it'll be good, yeah. <laughs> right? Like people play what they think is going to be good. Um, and it kind of takes a little bit for things to get figured out. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I think that Reno Priest as a whole will definitely be the focal point of the meta. It's going to be, as you said, like we're talking about the VS stuff. Um, Reno Priest is insane. It's really good. The only reason it isn't like the best deck right now is because there's a literal tier zero type archetype, which is incredibly rare. Um, so Reno Priest is bonkers and it's going to be the number one target. And there's only a few decks really that can handle it. So there's not a ton of options that you've really got. Uh, but uh, Questmate is one of these important options that players do have. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Um, and just kind of how wacky things get in terms of the tech choices that you're talking about in terms of like reading or priest teching for the mirror with lazul thought steel i don't know like we'll wait and see yeah so a little bit of a follow-up question to that because i i've seen maybe i shouldn't read too many and too much into the the youtube comments or twitch chat comments but i've seen some people say that arena priest isn't that strong right it has counters which i think is like a little bit I'll just go out and say wrong, um, but I wanna I wanna talk about what makes Reno Priest so strong. Like, what is, what are the specific things that the deck does that makes it so powerful, right? I mean, you've got you've got the duplicate like singleton cards, so you've got standalone powerful cards and Zeph and Reno uh, and Raza, and then obviously you have the three card combination that can OTK pretty much any deck out there, uh, and then basically the best anti-aggro tools maybe outside of odd warrior right that any deck any class has access to with priest removal i mean is it just a combination of really strong control deck with really powerful you know staples singleton staples and then a like a very easy to assemble win con like what do you think it is the it's the immense amount of healing and removal um yeah. that really targets the aggressive stuff and then it's it has a very very simple easy to execute kind of like uh win con right and that's like the dream for any control deck is to have like really simple do i just play this list i don't have to collect like five cards so raza anduin and then at some point draw spawn gg 
Um, so it can go over the top of control decks, it can handle aggro decks really well. So the only weakness that is left is basically just the decks that can go under it. Just the decks that can combo off, that don't need the board, um, and that can go under that way with things like Quest Mage or Mally Druid. And Rat, Lucia, that kind of complicates things a lot. Um, and then the only other way that you really target is by just messing with the Highlander condition, whether it's like beneath, uh, beneath the grounds in Odd Rogue or uh, Bombs in like Bomb Warrior. And that's kind of the only really options you have. Really fast combo decks mess with the Highlander and it handles everything else super cleanly. Yeah, so basically the moral of the segment or the, the main takeaway from the segment, Arena Priest is strong, okay? And we predict it's going to be strong moving forward. And so because it's going to be so strong, I'm sure people that are listening to this are going to want to, you know, tech their decks to, to beat Arena Priest, right? Because that's kind of the natural reaction. And so I know we complain, maybe I complain a lot about tech cards just because I feel like most of them are unnecessary or, like, over the top for a matchup that you're already favored into. But, I mean, people are going to tech. So let's talk about what we think the best tech cards are for some of the meta decks out there are going to be against Arena Priest. Outside of just playing Quest Major Mally Druid to try to combo off faster than them, what are some cards that you can include, right? So you talked a little bit about in the Arena Priest mirror, including stuff like Thought Steel uh, and Lazul, which I think are okay because they're not like absolutely terrible cards. I mean, Thought Steel might be might be terrible in, in outside of the, the Arena Priest mirror. Lazul is fine, I think. But I've also seen some priests like teching Finley and Wizard themselves for the combo, which feels wrong. But it's, uh, yeah. um, I mean, outside of Lazul and Thoughtsteal, are there any other cards you'd include in Arena Priest to kind of disrupt the mirror? Uh, I think those are like the two biggest ones, right? You just kind of want to cut back on removal. Um, if you can add like more card draw or more disruption, I think that's probably decent. Um, but yeah, Lazul, Thoughtsteal seem like the, the main standouts. Yeah, and you're probably, you're probably cutting out stuff like uh, Shadowwood Ruin now and maybe Wave of Apathy yeah. since yep. Dark Lair Warlock's not a thing anymore. So that's probably just what you're slotting in instead. Um, mm -hmm. And then Kingsbane Run and Odd Rogue, I think, are still going to be two very, very good decks in the metagame. And we touched a little bit about uh, about Beneath the Grounds. So if you guys haven't seen this card, it shuffles three ambushes into the opponent's deck. So it turns off their singleton cards. Uh, I I haven't loved it in Kingsbane. Uh, you can no. maybe get away with it in Odd Rogue. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you, you can't play this in Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman can't afford to just, like, dead draw like this in so many matchups. Odd Rogue, you can always get away with it. That's the that's the thing about these even and odd decks. They can play tech cards in ways that other decks just can't. It's always been like that, whether it be, like, Spellbreaker and Even Lock and Even Paladin or just, like, Owl in, like, Odd Paladin and Odd Rogue. Um, those cards have typically always performed better because you always have access to the hero power, right? Like, it's yeah. less about the cards that you have you always have this really good fallback plan. So Odd Rogue, I think, can get away with Beneath the Grounds. Um, it does actually beat Priest. Like, I've, I've seen some stuff on HS Replay, and it looks like, yes, this is actually quite effective, um, Odd Rogue with Beneath the Grounds. So if you just take the common list and you take out, like, South Sea Captains for Beneath the Grounds, good to go. Like, that's your, that's your day one deck once the uh, nerves arrive. And I think it'll perform really well. I think Odd Rogue in general is one of the happiest, like, archetypes and, like, stuff with these nerfs because it didn't like dark Lair and it has ways to really like deal with the meta um with arena priest effectively and it's like a very strong deck in general but yeah. yeah can't play this in king's <laughs> uh well i kind of want to touch on that a little bit so you talked about it can't afford to have dead draws do you not think that access to double cutting class and double secret passage now gives you a little bit of flexibility in order to include the beneath the grounds because it's less likely to have a dead draw or do you still think that if you draw it without secret passage you're kind of losing the game already if you're not against Rain to priest 
Yeah, I, I think it's still like way too big of an issue um, to into so many matchups. I, I really, I really do think that the odd and even decks are really the only ones that can get away with uh, something like this. Yeah. All right. So you guys heard it here from Corbett. Uh, day one, Augur with one copy of Beneath the Grounds should be good to go. Right? Beats Quest Mage, beats Arena Priest. So two copies. Two copies <laughs> too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> really screw them over. Okay. Uh, what about other aggro decks that are not Augur? Right, like if you're, or that are not rogue in general, right? Whether you're an even odd deck or you're just, I don't know, playing secret mage. Is there anything you can do to beat Rena Priest other than like hoping they don't have the removal or don't have the Reno? I mean, that's tough. Um, the best things that come to mind might be things like Lothab and Boom Pistol Bully, um, mm -hmm. depending on what deck you are. Again, this is something that's more leaned towards the odd decks, particularly Bully, because. Again, it's one of these tech cards, right? Um, but it's very hard for like the aggressive archetypes to kind of um, combat Reno Priest. Uh, their removal is often so cheap, but something like Cult just isn't good enough and it's not that effective in other matchups. Um, so yeah, if you're an aggressive deck, often the best answer is an aggro deck. It's less about teching for what your opponent's doing and it's just like playing your best 30 cards. Like that, that's the truth. Whether you're playing like aggro druid or I don't know, like secret mage, um, if you're playing Secret Mage, maybe you, maybe you want to load up on anti-spell stuff, but there's really not that much you can do. Just try and execute whatever you're trying to, like, your game plan and stuff. But And just hope they don't yeah, have the tough. answers. Yeah. yeah, just hope they don't draw the Reno. That's <laughs> that's the game. That, that's it. Uh, okay. And so then other slower decks, right? So I'm thinking stuff like Evenlock or Cubelock or maybe some Jade Druid. Uh, I, I've been messing around with a little bit of Cubelock and, like, Doomguards might make a comeback maybe um or maybe the egg key block with albatross makes a comeback who knows um, um the ruby and web law not no, sorry the, the unraveler um, unraveler yeah, yeah that's that's a good option i think um zhi and even really lock nice. i think is going to be good yeah, yeah so you do have some options of slower decks but yeah generally it's just more about like <laughs> trying to pressure them like whatever you can to do pressure on if you're a slower archetype then go for it leroy leroy faceless uh power overwhelming combo uh you've been playing that and we'll get to that i think later um that's a that's a great option uh for like reno lock against reno priest as well yeah i mean i i've seen a lot of people talk about finley and grizzle wizard and i mean I, I would like to hear your take on this because i have personally i think they are so garbage in any matchup that's not reno priest like they're actually detrimental mm. to your success um that unless Reno Priest is like more than fifty percent of the metagame, like you you can't be running these two cards. Um, I know it feels really damn good when you do it against Arena Priest, but it's it's like sticky fingers, right? Where unless Kingsbane was like fifty percent of the metagame, it's like actually detrimental to your win rate, right? Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I, I'm just trying personally. I'm trying to shy people away from running that in literally every slow deck that they have. Yeah, I, I would really avoid this one, guys. I no, these cards are so terrible as standalones, and often they're played as like one ofs, um, a piece which makes them like super inconsistent yeah. that you even get to it on against the Reno Priest and stuff. Um, I don't know. I I don't really think there's any deck that I would really want to play this in, um, off the top of my head. So yeah, I would I would avoid this one. These like really really niche tech cards are generally pretty bad, especially when they have to be like drawn together. Um, that's kind of the worst part. So yeah, I'd avoid it. Yeah, like, I think Beneath the Grounds is, like, okay, because it's just, like, you draw it once and you just drop their game plan, where this is, like, this yeah. is two singleton cards, right, that you really have no way to tutor for, right? And so it's even more difficult to assemble the combo, and they are mm -hmm. so bad in other matchups. Like, yeah, 
I, I'm glad you're on the same game plan. Guys, unless you're seeing 50% Arena Priest, please don't do it. It's not worth it, okay? Trust us, you'll thank us in the long run. Um, but yeah, so th those are our thoughts on the decks and the nerfs and the metagame. Uh, I mean, you guys probably agree or disagree with us, right? So let us know in the comments below um, how you think the metagame's going to play out, what list you're going to be rocking, whether you disagree and you want to run Finley and Wizard and tell us why. <laughs> uh, or maybe we're just missing some insane tech cards. But yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this section. Um, nerfs are always super exciting because it's basically like a, a little mini expansion coming out on Tuesday, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on to part two. Uh, so yeah, wild news. We kind of touched on the big piece already. We've got we've got nerfs coming, but we've also got buffs. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about buffs. Um, so we have Totem Daddy, I mean Totem Goliath getting buffed, right? So it's now a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five overload 1. Um, Death Rattle summon all the totems. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited for this one because I want to play a little bit with it in a meme deck in Odd Shaman, like Odd Totem Shaman. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I don't think it makes Odd Totem Shaman good, don't get me wrong. Um, but outside of that, probably not going to see play, you think? Yeah, I think this is... Um... <laughs> I think like the fact that it's a death rattle means it's just so slow. So for wild, I I don't think this would see play maybe at four mana. Like I, maybe the current version would, but we were talking before the show that the the OG version, if you just knock the mana off, I don't even think you played an even shaman, um, <laughs> which got a reaction out of me out. Well, to be fair, to be fair, my reaction was assuming that the the buffed version wouldn't see play in even oh, shaman. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah the right. buffed version. That's right. Give myself um, a little. But bit. yeah. The, yeah, sorry. Uh, just the fact, though, that it is a death rattle, it's just, like, so low impact. Like, I really can't see this doing anything for wild. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I I kind of wish it was, like, a battle cry. But, yeah. I mean, I the idea behind giving it a little bit of protection against AoE, which might be relevant with Priest, but even then, like, Odd Totem Shaman probably is not anywhere near playable enough anyway. So let's stop talking about it, and let's talk about Arc Witch Willow. Yeah, um, yeah so 8-mana 5-5 five five now. Battle cry, pull a demon from your hand, and deck. Uh, you had some pretty strong opinions about this one as well. You thought that it was going to be pretty good, right? It's good. Yeah, I think it's a good card. Um, so I think you can play this in cube, probably. Um, I think that like eight mana, eight mana get out like a void lord and, and a dread lord or something. Um, doesn't even have to be that extreme, right? It can just be like a void caller and another demon. I mean, that's pretty great. Um, it's a big deal though, the fact that it's moving from nine to eight because it means that obviously on turn eight you're not really. Like, on turn 8, if you're playing out your Dreadlord, then there's no more fuel for your uh, Willow on turn 9. Um, now the fact that they're the same mana cost means that you always go for the Willow rather than playing out the Dreadlord itself. Um, I think it's a really, really, like, it's a lot of tempo, guys, uh, on turn 8. So it's obviously very strong, I think. Um, will it make that much of a difference? Uh, 8 mana is a lot of mana. Um, we'll see. You were touching on Doom Guards earlier uh, as well for Arena Priest and trying to, like, counter pressure like that. Um, this card, I think, gets better in that archetype, like the more demons that you have. And the fact that you'll be having Doom Guard means it may, has very like immediate effect. So if you're running like Doom Guards and Dread Lords and Void Lords, like you're going all out with all the heavy demons that you can, um, then yeah, I can definitely see this being like a really, really, really strong include. Um, yeah, cool card. Happy with the buff. I mean, I think it comes down to how many demons are you actually running in your deck, right? Because like, there's always this fine line of you want to streamline the amount of demons that you're running so that like your sense demons hits your void caller so that you can have void caller on four consistently right um but then also maybe it's just like worth it right like if you you still probably run your sense demons and now you have like 
10 demons or 9 demons, right? Double Void Collar, double Doom Guard, double Dreadlord, double Void Lord, and a Malganus, and then a Willow. And then like I said, yeah. <laughs> it, always, it just depends on the list. Like, yeah. It depends on the list, but I can imagine this being very strong in some specific versions of, you know, like Cube Lock. Yeah. All right. So there's experimentation to be had, but there might be potential with Arc Witch Willow. Uh, Cube Lock, maybe getting another buff. Um, I can't see it in, in Reno Lock unless you're running like a really jank, like uh, cruel version with like all the demons. But, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but other other than that, when they nerfed. Uh, so other than that, when they announced the nerfs, um, there was a couple of other things in there that I just want to make sure that everybody knows about. So there's a standard Brawlazeum coming out. So this is like the heroic tavern brawl, right? So you pay a thousand gold to enter. And if you hit uh, 10, 11, or 12 wins, you get like insane payoffs and gold and golden cards and packs, which is awesome. So if you're interested, it is standard, right? Not wild. Um, but some of you guys play multiple Stop formats. Stop practicing, guys. Yes. Yeah. Show them that wild players are no joke, right? <laughs> um, and then they announced some new solo content uh, that's going to be going on for like the next 10 to 12 months um, the wording in the like announcement makes me think that it's this is just the new solo content and this is not actually that new promised game mode that they talked about that's going to mm -hmm. be coming in this expansion cycle um, I really hope it's not um, yeah uh, but yeah we'll see uh, and then last but not least uh, there's a new wild mega pack bundle for those of you guys that are interested uh, 56 packs over, I think, seven expansions that are wild exclusive, and there's eight packs per. Um, the last time they did this, I think this was like the Toki bundle, and it was like 35 USD for 50 something packs. And so, if it's like 30 USD, it's it's a pretty damn good deal if you mm -hmm. are looking to expand your collection and can afford to, you know, spend that money, or if you're just looking to stock up on some dust, it's a pretty good like exchange rate um again if you can afford to i know these times kind of make it a little bit difficult for everybody but just putting that out there that this um this is coming it's coming next week with the with the nerfs so keep an eye out on it in the store um i don't think there's anything else we missed in the wild news as far as i know i think we're good i think we're good all right so let's move on to part three all right so in part three here's where we talk about our decks of the week uh a top meta deck and an under the radar deck that we think is sneaky good um or a meme deck that we've really been messing around with and enjoying uh for those of you guys that aren't into the super try hard legend thing uh so yeah let's talk about meta deck and you kind of had this claim that this deck that we're about to talk about might actually be meta coming soon yeah I i've been seeing a fair amount of total mage on ladder um i i ran into a couple mirrors when i was tracking myself and i was like oh i thought i was trying to be a hipster here just trying to play something a little off but no um total mage has been popping up here and there with concerned mom um really like parting and kind of like one tricking uh the deck for a bit now it feels like uh i saw zeddy was also uh playing in the hit legend with it so i'm sure a lot of people net deck that um but yeah total mage is really good and standard it's it's gotten it's gone through very rapid refinement with eddie um, Eddie's list becoming very popular and standard. And so a lot of people trying it in wild, they get some really cool includes in wild that make it, well, I say cool. Um, I'm sure a lot of people aren't really happy about ice block, but yeah, infinite ice blocks. Um, you get things like Healbot, Zilliax, uh, Meteorologist is such a clean win condition. Um, so yeah, get some really good upgrades. I think that this list um, personally, like um, I, I think that there might be some movement towards something that's seeing a bit more playing standard, where in standard they're running more high tempo stuff, particularly in the early game. I think that when Darklet isn't a thing and you don't have to play things like Weblord maybe or uh, Doomsayer, 
or shape. Um, you can afford to play some of the new high tempo stuff like One Thief or Spellwing um, in the early game and that can really fight the board. Uh, but yeah, Turtle Mage, um, it's a deck that a lot of people seem to like in the Priest uh, because you have this sort of uninteractive win condition, which, you know, good to go, right? Against Priest, you, that's what you want to be doing, having an uninteractive win condition. Um, and so with the meta kind of looking like it's going to be very Priest-centric, um, I'm sure it's a deck that a lot of people want to try. And uh, yeah, definitely give it a go, guys. It's a bit different than what we've seen from Mage uh, recently with this very like slow and then very slow kind of combo win con. So um, yeah, it's cool. Give it a shot for sure. All right, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't want to interrupt you, but my mind that entire time was you said cool inclusions, and then you said ice block, and I was just like, I see Ooh, what nice you pump. did there. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally planned. Sorry. Totally uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm honestly not excited for this to see play on ladder because it just feels like it's gonna be one of those decks that's gonna be like the target of a lot of outcry really, really quickly if it does end up being uh -huh. really good and really popular. Because like you said, nobody likes the uninteractive win cons, right? So um, unless you're the most piloted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe mom was onto something, and like, I'm I'm kind of scared now to see this online. I really don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm a half believer. I think I think there's a chance it's gonna be competitive, but um, it's been popping up. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to our first off-meta deck, and I don't really know if we can consider this off-meta because it's like a deck that's existed for four years, but it's a deck that I haven't seen on ladder in like four years. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, J-Druid, it, it looks like it's back. Uh, we've seen a little bit of refinement. So NHL fan hit rank three legend, I believe, with this deck on the America server. Uh, essentially, the major change here from previous versions is that you're running the Guardian Animals package, right? Guardian Animals and Twilight Runner, that package is just kind of insane. Uh, at deck thinning and drawing through your deck. Uh, and it's a pretty insane tempo swing as well, as if you can cheat out a 312 taunt. Uh, and then you have the Ysera and then obviously the Jade Wincon. <clears throat> I know we were talking a little bit before the show. Um, I We really didn't like the, the inclusion of a one of Plague, but that's obviously like a high legend tech for probably all the arena priests that they were queuing into. Um, I don't know. There's, I think, still a little bit of refinement to, to go on with this list. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah, there's a few changes that you could definitely look at, but the general idea of like guardian animals in Jade Druid, I think, I think Druid lists in general should in wild definitely be looking to abuse guardian animals. Like it's a very, very strong card and package that a lot of people are familiar with in standard. So uh, giving it a shot in Jade makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah, especially if you're going back to this minion centric build with Oaken Summons and Ysera anyways, like Twilight Guardian, um, sorry, guardian animals twilight runner um this package seems like a perfect fit in that deck right anyways so yeah maybe maybe this list goes through some refinement once dark lair gets nerfed right maybe you don't need the double seeds and you can put in the plague and something else we'll see um but yeah j druid it's back yay uh and then moving on to our second off meta deck uh corbett's got a special deck a brand new idea that he wants to share with all of you Oh, I was so desperate to uh, share this idea. But yes, here is Secret Mage. Um, I promise, I swear Meowth twisted my arm on this one. Um, but yeah, here is a Secret Mage list running Polkert. Um, for some reason, people have not been playing uh, Polkert in their Secret Mage lists. I keep on going to like Hadros Replay, and there has been nothing, absolutely nothing, in terms of the inclusion. And it doesn't make any sense to me, because the card is fantastic at Secret Mage. Uh, Secret Mage is still like a pretty good deck. Um, in fact, I think that might be underselling it. I think Secret Mage is quite, like, quite damn good, um, despite what some people might have you believe. Um, and despite the fact that it is very 
underplayed it feels like um at, particularly at higher ranks uh people like the crap on secret mage and say that it's only good at dumpster but i think that what it does and the fact that you have like the polket to consistently get the aluna is a really really big deal look right like um you stack you stack the uh Alunath on top and then you kind of immediately draw into crystal runners or burn so all of a sudden you have like double fireball double cloud prints um even if they like pop off the uh, Alunath, you still have a ton of reach towards the top of your deck and you can start directing everything at the head. Um, I don't know, there's nothing like too revolutionary here with Secret Mage, but I figured that a lot of people hadn't been making this inclusion. Um, I just kind of emphasize again that people should be playing it uh, if they're gonna be playing Secret Mage and the deck is still pretty damn good. And we'll see if it can pop off a little bit um, once the nerfs go live, once once things change a little bit, we'll see. Yeah, for what it's worth, I only twisted your arm because like, Nobody was playing Polkelt, and people listened to you, yeah. right? And so maybe now they'll be playing Good List, and we'll see how it performs on ladder. <laughs> it's um, it, it reminds me a lot, sorry, of like standard Face Hunter running Polkelt, right? Where they they that's yeah. that's been like a recent thing that's been going on for the past like week or two to put like Dragon's Bane and some of the Reach on top. Gotcha. And it, it it just makes so much sense like in the Secret Mage list, I think. Yeah, Polkelt. That maybe this is a topic for another day, but I've. I've got some thoughts on Polkelt. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You've got, you got some opinions. I've got some Polkelt. opinions. Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to be it for us today, guys. Uh, we'll be doing these episodes every Sunday uh, with news and decks every week. Uh, and just a reminder that we're now on Spotify. So if you guys are on the go and want to still listen, uh, make sure you guys check us out there. Uh, Corbett, thank you again for joining me today. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Guys, you can find me uh, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, at Corbett Games. Um, so streaming pretty much daily. Um, so yeah, come check that out. Look, real looking forward to getting into things once the nerfs go live and kind of exploring what that meta looks like. So yeah, check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys did, make sure that you guys like, comment, and subscribe. It's free and it supports us a lot. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Hope you all enjoyed. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye, guys.